With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. My name is... Mike Brown, I am coming to you live on Spotify Green Room, and it is my pleasure to be hosting tonight's postgame show as for the first time this season, the Houston Rockets have won back-to-back games, baby. The Rockets defeat the Charlotte Hornets inside of Toyota Center 146-143. to It is a pleasure to be here on the postgame show. Uh, The Rockets defeat the Charlotte Hornets tonight after Charlotte coming into Toyota Center with a record of 13 and 8. The Rockets were 2 and 16 coming into this game. And that is now back to back wins against Eastern Conference playoff teams. Uh, We are going to go for as long as the listeners would like for us to go tonight. I am taking any and all callers here on the postgame show as we are the most interactive post-game podcast in the game for all of Red Nation. Once again, your very happy final tonight. The Rockets defeat the Charlotte Hornets 146-143. to A lot to unwrap in tonight's post-game show as, I mean, (laughs) you can't have a lot of things to be upset about tonight. Um, You know, looking at the box score, you know, Jay Sean Tate, 16 points, five assists. He was a plus 15 in the game. Christian Wood with his best game of the season, 41 minutes, 13 of 19 from the field, uh, two of three from the three-point line, kicked in 16 rebounds, so 33 and 16 for him. Eric Gordon with 22 and seven. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who has looked like a different man since getting back uh, the last two games. He had 23 tonight. He had eight rebounds, 12 assists. Garrison Matthews in his first start of the season, um, 38 minutes, six of 10 from the field, five of nine from the three-point line. Uh, There was a guy who was tweeting us uh, at the Dream Take who was upset with Garrison Matthews getting 38 minutes tonight. I don't know why. I mean, to be quite honest with everybody, I like Garrison Matthews. I've been on the Garrison Matthews train for listeners of the show uh, all the way 
you know, back to the last, what, four games since he's been a Rocket, four or five games. Uh, love what he brings to the team. Uh, big fan of his. Uh, even off the bench tonight, you know, K.J. Martin got 15 minutes. Uh, he had seven points, uh, three rebounds. Daniel House got 15 minutes. Uh, he had two points. Uh, Alperin Shangoon, <coughs> excuse me, who played some magnificent defense tonight. Uh, he had two blocks, five points, five rebounds. DJ Augustine, three points. Armani Brooks continues to be uh, Swaggy B, I think could be a, a potential nickname for Armani Brooks. Uh, he had 15 points tonight on uh, five threes. He was five of 11 from the three-point line. Uh, him getting 11 three-point shots up. I don't really know how I feel about that, uh, but fantastic uh, performances from multiple guys tonight. I thought Jay Sean Tate was spectacular. I thought Christian Wood at 33 and 16. Look, uh, people will accuse you know a person like myself as being somebody that flip-flops, goes back and forth on some of these guys, and that's because... These guys deserve that sort of criticism. You know, all the way up until the past couple of games, Armani Brooks has not been good this season. The past couple of games, Armani Brooks has been a true weapon off the bench. And you got to look at these last two games and you got to say to yourself, I mean, who is this Rockets team? I mean, they put up 146 points tonight. Um, you know, Ryan brings up a question in the chat that I think bears uh, to be talked about as well. What do the Rockets do with Daniel Tice? What do the Rockets do with David Nawaba uh, tonight? I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, Daniel Tice didn't play and, and Jalen Green has been out. You know, how much do the Rockets fans look at the past two games without Jalen Green, without Daniel Tice? Now, Jalen Green has been hurt. Um, but he, with him being out of the rotation and Daniel Tice simply being benched, you know, the last two games, and you look at a team like uh, like Chicago, and, and Jonathan puts in a comment in the sec, in the in the chat about how you know the we save a guy like Daniel Tice for when we play a guy like Jokic or Embiid. Well, we played Chicago with Nikola Vucevic, who is not in the same category. As a, as a Jokic or an Embiid, but he's still a big man uh, that can play the game at a very high level. And the Rockets beat the Bulls without playing Daniel Tice. So I'm unclear as to what the Rockets are going to do with a guy like Daniel Tice moving forward. But, you know, it, it bears to be, you know, discussed without Jalen Green, the Rockets have beat not one, but two, pretty damn good basketball teams in back-to-back games in the, in the Hornets and the Bulls. Um, and if you're listening here on Spotify Green Room, I'm taking any and all speaker requests uh, for Rockets fans to celebrate the massive win tonight over the Hornets. And you know what? I am calling it a massive win. For a team who was 2-16 and 16 coming into this game, every win that this team can get is massive. Uh, and it's, it's impressive, you know, what the Rockets have done the past – you know, two games and, and I, for one, am excited to watch this team finally realizing some of its own potential, uh, going to our first speaker request, good friend of the show, Ryan, Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you? 
Hey, Mike. How's it going, man? Hey, man. Uh, University of Houston won their game today. The Rockets won today. Uh, it's all good. Um, so we need to discuss the – we didn't have to before, but now that it's coming up again, what what's going to go on with John Wall? Do you want him to play or should he continue to sit? What's your uh, opinion on John Wall right now? Man, so <laughs> you beat me to the news uh, that was put out today by Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, let me bring up the tweets so I can make sure to get uh, both tweets correct. Word for word, Houston Rockets guard John Wall has expressed his hopes to the organization that he can resume playing for the team in the near future. Sources tell ESPN. There was a follow-up tweet that said Wall and Rockets had agreed on him sitting out until a trade could be found, but the five-time All-Star guard talked to Houston general manager Raphael Stone on Friday about restarting a dialogue and a return to the active roster, sources said. <laughs> sides plan to talk again on Sunday. Um, my take on those tweets from Woj, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> this narrative is tired to me, man. Like, look at the what the Rockets are doing right now, and – I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. seems to be finding his own way without Jalen Green on the court at the point guard position. What's up? Can I give my thoughts on it real fast? Sure. Um, you know, I think, and I've been saying this since the beginning of the season, that if he were to have played up until now, he probably would have been traded by now. So I'm saying you you play him – and then the the, the, so, the sooner he plays, the more he plays, the faster he's gone. That's the best way I can look at it. I think him playing at this point only stunts KPJ's growth at the point guard position. Uh, now, there, there's an interesting prospect of what you're bringing up, which is you play John Wall and you move KPJ to the two, which might be more suited – to play and you bring Jalen off the bench or you're starting Jalen at the three and you move Tate to the bench. I don't know what that looks like. All I know is, is that the Rockets are on a two game winning streak for the first time and what feels like forever. And I think doing anything that disrupts that is a scary notion to me. But all I know is, is that there's no trade out there for John Wall. No one wants John Wall at the, the, at the current contract situation that he has. And there's rumors flying around that, you know, if he was willing to waive his, you know, second year on his contract, that there would be more teams, you know, ready and willing to trade for him. If that's true, great. At this point, I want John Wall off the roster, and I don't really care how the Rockets need to do it. But that's where I'm at with the John Wall situation. It's yeah. tired. The Rockets could not have handled this situation any worse. I think John Wall couldn't have handled this situation any worse. Both camps are at fault. They need to figure out a way to get him off the roster as soon as possible. How many, how many, how many uh, uh, wins would this team have if John Wall had been playing this whole time, you think? I don't know. I, I don't like getting into semantic situation you know conversations like that because i don't know 
I hear you. You know, like there's, there's so many varying factors when you look at a question like that, because, you know, John Wall playing impacts so many different spots on the court and so many things throughout a game that, you know, whether it's myself or Jeremy, Jeremy and I disagree on, on the whole John Wall situation, which is fine. You know, I think it makes for a fun conversation that I want him playing. Like I either want him in or I want him out. I don't want him half in or half out the Rockets. The Rockets are in a tough, tough enough spot with a guy like Tice now that it's the same thing with John Wall. It's the same situation. You've got a guy that is unplayable for the way you want to play currently. What do you do with him? I don't think you should trade Tice. I think you should trade John Wall. Yeah, and Josh Christopher is down in the Julie killing it right now. So, And good for him, man. Like, that's all good. I love what Josh Christopher's doing. I love what Usman Garuba's doing. My question is, <coughs> excuse me, the last two games, what has changed for the Rockets? And I point to two very glaring changes that have happened, and that's no Jalen Green, and that's no Daniel Tice. Well, after so, so after what I saw from uh, Paulo Pangaro last night, I want him on this team next year. I don't even give a shit who else I want. I'm locked in on him. I know it's early to say that, but you get 20 points in the first half, and you're bullying the other guy that's rumored to be, to be number one. Yeah, you you go for Paulo no matter what. And then, well, you're also, but you're also talking about a guy that couldn't make it through the entire game because he kept cramping up in the second half. I think it's still too early to talk about Holmgren versus Banchero. Uh, that's, but that's me. Like, do I think Banchero is a stud? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I also think that he reeks of a guy like Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer. Huh? That, Interesting. I think Carlos Boozer is a great player in the NBA. He wasn't a superstar. You know, I, I just think, I think it's way too early to be talking draft. And I want to focus, I want to continue to focus on the Rockets two game winning streak. You know what I mean? Like it's awesome. They were making everything tonight. They, they looked like a very good team tonight, but yeah, no, I mean, you talk about, you know, 13 turnovers. That's a great number for the Rockets. You talk about, uh, you know, the rebounding battle Rockets had 41 rebounds tonight to the, um, uh, to the, to the Hornets 39 rebounds. You know, Char- you know, Christian Wood balled out tonight. I mean, Wood was super duper tonight. So, yeah. anything to uh, add before I go to the next speaker request, my man? What was uh, what was the free throw tonight? I mean, they sucked again. From yeah, they were twenty-one of thirty-one. I mean, it's a tough situation at the free throw line, but everything. I think mean, I think those types of things are correctable. I really do. I think with time, it will correct itself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 21 of 31 from the free throw line is unacceptable for the Rockets. And then, and then one last thing is before, before, we do, sure. before we do get rid of John Wall, I do want to see a, uh, a Wall, KPJ, Green, Tate, and Wood lineup before they get rid of it because that would be a fun one to see how it goes before Wall's out. I don't disagree with you. 
you know, I, I think John Wall could actually help this roster a lot, but I don't think it's in the cards, unfortunately. So, Ryan, a pleasure as always, my dude. Always, man. See you. All right, bro. See you, man. All right, let's go to our next speaker. Uh, AA, welcome to the show. Always a pleasure to have you on. What can I do for you, my man? A good start. Two wins in a row. Um, I think if we're looking to have a trend develop, we'll we'll definitely um, be able to get a good sense of where this team is going over the next four games. They play OKC twice, um, Orlando, and then the Pelicans. If they're able to to kind of you know add four wins, which should be very doable, all sub five hundred teams all at the kind of the bottom of their, of their conferences, that would, that would kind of really be a, a kind of a heartening kind of a sense of where this team is going and, and actual progress being made last two games. We've kind of controlled our turnovers, which has been really great. Um, obviously you, you discussed the free throws um, and ultimately with the John Wall situation, timing's everything. If, if this was in the midst of the 15-game losing streak, I think maybe the Rockets organization might have wilted and kind of, kind of uh, brought John Wall back. But I think to bring John Wall back at this point would just show organizational weakness. They've made their choice. Let's just stick with it. And and I'm I'm kind of all right with just letting you know they're not going to find a trading partner for him. Let's let's keep them on the roster. You know, I'm sure there'll be one or two or you know a handful of teams that will want his 47 million dollar expiring contract next year. If not, just let it expire. You know, use that use that extra cap space next year. Um, on the kind of Paolo versus Chet front, I don't. I I, I kind of differ a little bit. I Paolo looked like looked like Carmelo Anthony. And at St- at Syracuse to me yesterday, like he was he was more agile, quicker, you know, pulling up from three and still showing a lot of strength, finishing through Chet on a number of plays. Um, I, I take you know I take your point about cramping up and so on, but when he was out there, he was he was the game changer. He was the best player on the court um, for Chet. I don't know. He didn't seem like the best player on Gonzaga, you know, um, for me, obviously it's young and kind of, you know, the season's young and there's a lot, a lot of development, but a lot of good progress for the Rockets. And, um, and I, I think, you know, hopefully Jalen Green can come back in a week or two and kind of fit in with the Rockets. But um, it's been, it's been good to see a little bit of, of movement on Silas's coaching and kind of the rotations um, and kind of seeing where things go. Um, ultimately, that may that may be a negative for Shingun and his minutes. Um, but I, I think I think we've definitely found something in playing one big on the court at all times. Um, and and hopefully, you know, there's still some kind of playing time for Shingun. Um, um, where so, uh, so yeah, let me ask you a question. So a lot of good points there. Yeah, if. If Paolo turned into Carmelo Anthony, which I don't know if I agree with that comparison, would you be happy as a Rockets fan or disappointed with that? 
I would, I'd be ecstatic. Obviously, you know, um, Carmelo, Carmelo uh, kind of went off the rails a little bit in terms of just maybe kind of feeling himself and not being willing to develop his game further, um, being pretty one-dimensional um, for most of his career in New York and, and Denver. But um, obviously that, that's kind of, that can be mitigated with player development, coaching, kind of organizational kind of leadership. Um, but from what I saw, you know, he, he looked, he looked pretty, pretty damn good out there, um, on, you know, yeah. See, that's my point though. You hit the nail right on the head because a guy like Carmelo Anthony has never been a part of a team that I'm trying to think, I don't think he's ever been a part of a roster that has gone to a conference finals. And it's because, and it's because his skill set does not translate well. Is he a great scorer? Yeah, he's a he phenomenal a- scorer. But what else does he do to impact games? I mean, honestly, like he's a great he's a great player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, which the NBA Hall of Fame is a joke because basically everybody gets into it. Like if you tell me that the Rockets draft a Carmelo Anthony 2.0, I'm disappointed by that. Well, I don't. I well, I, I I would say he has the skill set of Carmelo Anthony. I don't necessarily know that he has to, that, that has to come with kind of the mental makeup and composition of a Carmelo Anthony, but um, yeah, you know, I, Carmelo, you know, I, I think Carmelo's standout year was the, was kind of his, you know, his final last, you know, last year with Denver, I believe when they went to the Western conference finals against the Lakers. And, um, but ultimately like that team was different, um, for the Nuggets because he had a lot of strong leadership around and a lot of, he wasn't necessarily the leader of that team. Sure. And so, you know, but if you're expecting, you know, Carmelo Anthony to be your leader and to kind of be vocal and um, lead by example, that's not going to happen. Um, and I think it's too early to kind of say, you know, Paolo Banchero is, you know, this player or that player, but um, yeah. ultimately in these drafts, sometimes you have to just, you have to rely on the talent and, I don't see a more talented player out there right now. Um, it's early, um, but uh, kind of. It, it, bears, it bears mentioning that you are right. He has been to one conference finals when he was in Denver. Um, you know, a guy like Carmelo, 6'7", Banchero, 6'10". I think Banchero fits in really well with what the Rockets need, which is a bruiser at the power forward position. He's a guy that can dominate on the glass. He can go get a bucket. I think he would fit really, really well next to Christian Wood. And I think that's one thing over the past two games, uh, two wins for the Rockets, is the last two games, the Rockets have played directly through Christian Wood, which I think is a winning formula for this team. I think that is without a doubt at this point. When Jalen Green comes back, no matter what, the offense runs through Christian Wood. Because Christian Wood has proven that if he gets the matchup that he wants, you can't stop him. And putting Banchero next to a yeah. Christian Wood is massive. Like that, that, that front line, you give me a front line of Tate, Wood, and Banchero, I'm in. It still is too early. A guy like Chet Holmgren, I don't, I like Holmgren. I don't love Chet Holmgren. You know what I mean? Like watching him last night against Duke, he's a nice player. Nothing to write home about for me yet. He's less than 10 games into his collegiate career, though. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, they're, 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 I'm not into the draft talk at this point, though. 
I mean, you look at this Rockets team right now, and you've got to say to yourself, they've won two games in a row. Silas is coaching for his job at this point. And I love it. I love putting a coach on the hot seat. I have no problem with the hot seat. You know what I mean? Like, I look at this team right now, and I say to myself, you know, the, the Rockets are playing for this dude's job. And I love it. Uh, do you have anything else to add before I go to my next speaker? Hey, I've appreciated our time very much. Uh, just kind of yeah, enjoy the show. Uh, I agree with you completely. I, I think it's always great for, for Silas to, see, to feel the same pressure that his players are feeling. You know, yeah. Jalen Green has been under some pressure, right? And I, based on kind of the what Mobley has shown in, 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 in Barnes and in Toronto. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel, I, I think we've seen some positive, uh, positive results from Silas feeling a little, a little bit of the heat. And so hopefully he can continue to not revert back to, you know, Silas 1.0 and kind of remain, remain kind of uh, along the same path, but thanks. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, my man. I appreciate you joining the show. All right, let's go straight to our next speaker. Good friend of the show, Mike. Mike, welcome to the show, my man. How are you? Good. How are you doing, man? Oh, man. University of Houston winning their game today. Rockets winning their game. Life is not terrible. Wasn't too. Yeah, man, great game tonight. Better place great to be, game for tonight. sure. Yeah, no, I mean, what are your thoughts on the game tonight? Yeah, so I, I guess like my my question is for you is how much of this do you think is them catching fire, you know, versus them finding an actual rhythm? Because looking at it, they lead the league in in you know open threes. They lead the league and they're in the top five in the league in points in the paint. Uh, you know, have a ton of possessions in terms of pace, and they just haven't ever been converting in the previous games. And, it, you know, they had, what, 17 threes against Chicago, 21, 20-something today, um, which I don't think is necessarily yep. sustainable. So I, I guess, like, my question is, like, how much of this is just, like, them going, getting streaky um, versus, like, the, act, you know, the actual plan coming together, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. I think, I think it bears mentioning that the – the fact that the Rockets over the past two games have caught fire from three is important to note when you're talking about this team's progression. That uh, Ackerman and Hollins talked about it tonight, that Charlotte and Houston are one and two in the league in pace. The Rockets lead the league in free throw attempts. The Rockets are playing at the NBA level. They're, they're, they're playing amongst the best teams in the league in certain categories. The shots just weren't falling. The last two right. games, shots are falling. Right. It's this game is not difficult. I think the Rockets over the first how many games were 19 games in the end of the year. The Rockets have been notorious for making this game a lot more difficult than it needs to be. Identify your best totally. players, play through them. Christian Wood is your best player on this roster. Eric Gordon is one of your best players on this roster. Free throw or uh, field goal attempts tonight. Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Christian Wood, and Eric Gordon shot the three most shots on your roster tonight. Those are your three best players on the court. That's great. Garrison Matthews has been, he's a stud, man. Like this kid can ball. I'm telling you, 
Anybody who looks at this totally. team and says Garrison Matthews cannot play the game, no, the dude can play. He's exactly what this team needed. He's a shot in the 100%. arm. Do I like Absolutely. him? In the, do I like him in the starting lineup permanently? No, but he's an interesting guy in the in the starting lineup. No. And he gives you valuable minutes for sure. And he gets his he open shots, which is like what 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 you ask for in a, a little bit of a veteran, right? Yeah, and he takes and he takes charges. Totally. He play. He tries. And the thing <laughs> that we've talked about this entire season is. Again, I don't hate losing games. I don't like it, but I don't hate losing games if you're doing it for the right reasons. And losing games while developing your talent is the most important thing. And the Rockets are developing their talent. Like, you're playing Garrison Matthews 38 minutes. You're playing Kevin Porter Jr. 42 minutes. Now, Eric Gordon playing 37 minutes does nothing for a guy like KPJ or for uh, KJ Martin Jr., Eric Gordon will not be on this roster beyond the NBA trade deadline. Right. Which I, is, which is I the think, I think the other, right. I, but I think the other thing too, that you have to like, think about with this. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, what I was saying was the, the other thing about this team is that they're finally starting to like settle into their strengths. Right. Like I think a couple podcasts ago, you and I talked about just like, you know, Christian Wood wanting to be, you know, a different player than what he actually is as opposed to, you know, mm-hmm. playing the pick and roll, especially against a team that does have as zero sort of like post presence in Charlotte. And it's like, when you watch them, like it just opens up so much. And then, you know, especially for some of their outside shooters hitting those open threes. I mean, it makes, as you say, it makes the game a lot, e- look a lot easier, uh, you know, especially with Oklahoma city tomorrow uh, on Monday. I, I mean, I, you know, there's no reason why they couldn't keep that going. You know, and again, um, good things to see. You just want to see these guys like actually like make improvements. Um, but you know, I, I don't, <laughs> you can't expect them to have like this type of three point shooting throughout the year. No, I don't think you can. Ex- yeah. I don't think you can expect it, but I think even if they, what they're doing right now is they're not regressing to the mean They're They're playing back to the mean. Like this team is not as bad as they play as they have played through 19 games of the season. You've seen that the last no, two nights. Sure. Like you've seen that the last two games. Now people will say, "Well, Charlotte played last night. The Rockets haven't played since Wednesday." Okay. Well, no one was giving the Rockets the benefit of that doubt when they were on a four-game West Coast trip. When you're playing the overrated Lakers, when you're playing the the Suns, you were playing Golden State, who's the number one you know team in the league. Like. Denver, Denver, you're, no, the Rockets weren't getting that benefit. So it's like, okay, if you're Charlotte, yeah. you're playing the games that are on your schedule. If you're the Rockets, I'm not apologizing for the last two games. And, you know, AA were in, you know, the, the guy who was on the show before you, he and I were talking about the same thing that Silas right. feeling the pressure of the hot seat. I, I that doesn't bother me at all. I, I'm okay with it. I'm happy about it because he's now making the necessary adjustments. What I'm fascinated by is what is going to happen when Jalen Green comes back, because it's worth noting that Kevin Porter Jr., this is the best that he's looked this entire season, and it is not a coincidence that it's because Jalen Green is not on the court. You can't convince me otherwise, because Kevin Porter Jr. now knows he is the guy. He doesn't feel any pressure feeling like he has to get dudes involved. He can play his game. 
I don't know yeah. what that I don't know what that means for Jalen Green. Yeah, I, I I I don't know. I think I think for for guys like Jalen, especially this year, and especially during the games where they're just getting absolutely shellacked. I mean, I think a, a lot of a lot of their like woes have become from players like Jalen, like Kevin Porter Jr., like Christian Wood, sort of trying to play outside of their means because they're trying to make something happen because their team's down by twenty five. Sure. And that just may, has made their, you know, I think dented their confidence for game after game after game. And so I, I, I don't know. I, I think Jalen is going to be just fine. And again, like the more, the better that Kevin Porter Jr. plays in those situations, the more open shots and the more assists he's going to get with Jalen Green. So I, I, I don't necessarily think that it's at much of a coincidence. I have more of a weight to put into the fact that having, a, they've stopped having these two big lineups, which is, opened up the spacing tremendously. Yep. And again, there's not, it's not a coincidence that Daniel Tice has also not been playing the last couple of games as well. Yeah. I think, I think you make a great point. We haven't touched on that on that tonight yep. at all. You can't play two bigs with this roster. It just doesn't work. No. Now we can get into the off season. You know, what does a guy like Banchero do with a guy like Shingun? Totally. I think the, the Rock- personnel. Yeah. I think the Rockets have to identify the fact that Christian Wood only has one more year on his contract, that's a conversation to have in the offseason of is Christian Wood a piece that you look at as a building block for the future? I think it depends on what he adds to his game throughout this year, right? If he really settles, like if he plays like he did tonight, right, and really settles into his role, like he took only three threes and just played at the rim and was phenomenal, right? And was grabbing boards. Like, again, like, that's where he's most effective. If he, if he tries to spot up and take people off the dribble, it's not his strength. And so, again, like, it comes down to, like, if he really, really settles into his identity, um, like, like other, like, you know, bigs have, and really finds his groove, I think he is a guy that you continue to invest in. But, again, it has to see, like, the progress. Because up until... Would you? I, would you? I think... Would you sign him to... Would you sign him to a contract extension at the end of the year? I think a couple of factors there. I think you'd have to think about one, is it a max deal? And number two, do they uh, like update the cap? Because I think that plays a role as well. Well, but, the question, I mean, the reason why I'm asking you is because they don't, after they move wall, let's say, you know, let's assume they move wall, they move Gordon before the end of the year. No one on this roster is making any real money by NBA standards. There's not one guy. Yeah. So if you want to sign him to a max deal, you can sign him to a max deal. This is a guy that this season is averaging, what, 15 and a half and 11 rebounds a game. I don't think you sign him to a a max extension. I think he's in the conversation of a John Collins-esque type of deal, which I think he got like five years, 125 million. So I, I agree. I, I think, I think you want him to be a part of this team three years from now at the very minimum, right? When this team sort of kind of comes into their own and, you know, some of these younger guys really find their themselves. Cause if you pay him a, a huge contract, you're then sort of setting the bar of what like Jay, the guys like Jalen and Kevin Porter Jr. are going to get in those years. If they do sort of like progress the way that we hope. So, but that's the thing is that if you do that, you've got to look you know, the ramifications of down the line. Are you really going to draft if you sign him to a long-term contract? Are you really wanting to draft Banchero or Holmgren when you've got Shengun in the wings? Because then that gives you three bigs, which I'm not against. 
Right. But you got to look at that, and it's 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 a conversation to have. Again, as I said, if he settles into and really works on playing as the modern, like with the modern NBA bigs, and really works on his pick and roll, and you know continues to hit you know threes at a thirty-seven percent, you know or better, I think you got to like consider it. I, I mean, I, I think you, Christian Wood has done nothing to deter me from wanting to make him a part of this roster for the next five to ten years. He's a great player. I mean, he's he really is, and. I think the one big thing with him is his skill set is so vital to today's NBA that anybody that wants to have an honest conversation about college guys at this point, comparing them to a guy like Christian Wood, you can miss me on that conversation because it's not a conversation to have. You can't compare a guy like Banchero or Holmgren to Christian Wood because Christian Wood has been is playing – at a 15 and 11 clip against NBA talent and college guys haven't even played 10 games yet. Right. It's not like, I agree. I mean, I think, as I said, like it comes down to how he fits in with his team as he progresses and does he continue to improve? Uh, And I think last year we saw this tremendous improvement and obviously got riddled by injuries this year. The start of the year was a little concerning just how he regressed. But if he plays like he has the last couple of games, like I, I don't see why they wouldn't continue investing him. Clearly, clearly he's, exactly. he wants to be here. He's said it so many times. Like, well, how, and, how and, that, it's, and that's you know? vital, that's man. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's vital. And I think, and look, I, I'm, I'm the fan that I like the draft, but I don't love the draft. And you saw the reason why over the past two games. And I love Jalen Green. I think he's going to be a superstar at this level. But you won the last two games. I'll give you a perfect example, right? This team is 2-0 in the last two games. Shangun has been, he's, he's given you good minutes, but he's not the reason you've won the last two games. You've won the last two right. games because of guys like Eric Gordon, because of guys like Christian Wood, because of Kevin Porter Jr. Those are not draft picks. Those are legitimate NBA players. Not that Jalen Green is not, but he's a rookie. Yeah. They got to start somewhere, you, though, right? Like you Eric got, Gordon. You've got to start somewhere. Yeah, Eric Gordon and Christian Wood were not those guys in their, in their rookie years, right? So Absolutely. Right. But so. you also have to assess the situation, and you have to say to yourself, you, you win in this league not with rookies. Like, I like right. LaMelo Ball. I like LaMelo, and I like Lonzo. But they've never done anything of significance in this league. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Anthony Edwards. Uh, Anthony Edwards, nice player. Minnesota sucks. <laughs> you know, like, you look at a team like Golden State. Golden State's doing what they're doing right now, not because of a guy like Kaminga, but because of their established talent. You know, like, they're, but they're they, veterans. Which they drafted, though. They drafted. The, which they drafted those guys, right? And invested and sure. spent time and built them up. So, again, it's not like we can't be that model. We're that team. We're that team that is – not going to be, it doesn't have superstars, is not going to be winning a ton of games and going to the playoffs. Now is the time to have as many rookies as you can to get those minutes under their belt. So a year from now, two years from now, they're, they're past that. And you're ripe with talent that is not costing you an arm and a leg. Right. They also, but also Golden State jump-started that team. Now they won one of their titles, one of their titles before Durant got there and ruined the league and the weakest move in the history of professional sports. Sure. Um, but they also, uh, you know, signed a guy like Andre Iguodala. 
Um, they uh, traded for Andrew Wiggins, who's balling this year. Like, the Rockets, I think, have that young talent. Now is the time, I feel like, what can they get for a guy like an Eric Gordon? Can they, can Raphael Stone and company find their James Harden? A guy that is under the radar, superstar type of guy. Sure. You know, I, I look at a guy like a, like a Buddy Heald. You know, if the Rockets could acquire Buddy Heald, I would look, I would look at that trade. It depends on what you can get for him or what you would have to give up for him. I don't think Buddy Heald is on the level of a James Harden. But I feel oh. like they have to look at a guy who's being underutilized by his yeah. current team. Can they unlock that type of talent? Christian Wood came here and did it. I mean, Christian Wood has turned into a fringe all-star since getting to town. Can they trade their veteran guys to find a guy like that? That remains to be seen. Buddy Hill just gives me too much Kevin, Kevin Martin vibes. I mean... Just gives me PTSD from like 2010. <laughs> I mean, you look at a guy like Buddy. What is Buddy Heald doing this year? Buddy Heald is averaging 17 and a half points. 17 points. You know, 17 yeah. points. He's averaging four and a half rebounds, you know, in, in 29 minutes. You know, I look at a guy like him. I mean, Harrison Barnes. Is Harrison Barnes a guy that this guy, this team looks at? You look at the last two nights. It's only two games. I totally understand that. I get that. But I think the Rockets have shown they're not as bad as their record indicates. They're really, they're really not. I disagree. I know, of course not. We knew they were under, like they were getting, they were doing a lot of the things. And that's kind of why I always felt like Silas was kind of getting the short end of the stick because like his teams were getting like the high percentage shots, open looks at three, more points in the paints, free throws. They just weren't converting. And then you also factor in that he was not brought into this team to develop, like to be a player development coach. He was brought in to take, you know, Russell Westbrook and, and, James Harden, he was never that, like some player, some coaches you bring in, they're the player development guys. And other guys are the guys that take you to championships. Like we don't know what Silas is, but he was never brought in to be a rebuild coach. At least, uh, not, to this ex- at least not to this extent. I think they brought him in with an understanding that when they signed him, yes, they had a roster that was veteran laden but they also brought him in with the understanding that there was a high likelihood that they were getting rid of James Harden fairly quickly. Because you don't bring in a guy like a Steven Silas, who's never been a head coach before with the thought that there's not going to be a rebuild coming sooner rather than later. Maybe not to this level though. Not to uh, this level you have this much. I, I feel like they thought that if they were to trade James Harden, they were going to find like a young player to build around and well, that's on, yeah, that's on the front office. Right. It's, it's widely regarded the Rockets won that trade, which is stupid, asinine. It's an asinine take to think that the Rockets won the James Harden trade. It's pure stupidity. Remains to be seen. Because <clears throat> if you want the guys you're talking about, like the Buddy Heels, it's not going to be the players as much as it's those draft picks that are going to get those deals done. The problem is they now, have. Now, you ask me, would I trade Air Gordon for Buddy Heald? I'd do that deal in five seconds. Because Yeah, but Sacramento wouldn't do that deal. We'd have I'm to throw sac- in the picks. Uh, I mean, I would throw in a pick. I wouldn't do multiple picks, but I would throw in a pick for a guy like Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald is a, totally. is a, is a stud. And Air Gordon doesn't fit the timeline of this rebuild. Buddy Heald does. But I think the problem is 
when you invest, when you trade a guy like James Harden, you're giving up a top 10 NBA talent for a bunch of draft picks that you hope turns into a top 10 NBA talent. And I'm not willing to make that bet. I'm just not. Like you're betting against the house and the house wins 9.5 times out of 10. You know, like you're, you're betting on a guy like Jalen Green turning into James Harden. Well, why are you trading James Harden when you already have a James Harden? You know, that's my point is you're giving up your talent in hopes to find that talent in the draft. Like, I don't, I don't get, I don't get, I know it might not seem like it just because of, because we're three and 16, but it could have been a lot worse. We could have been in a much worse position. I I think, frankly, I I really, well, you're still the worst team in the league. Totally. But I'm just saying, but you know, I think this team is not as as bad as the record we've we've talked about. So, well, I totally agree. So, you know, but I'm just saying it's still a, it's still a situation where, the Rockets have a lot of problems. You know, we're staying positive now because they're on a two-game winning streak, which is fantastic. But they're still the worst team in the league. They still are dealing with the John Wall situation, which I don't know how to fix it. I think playing him is probably the best course of action at this point because that's the only way you can move him. Yeah. At the same time, though, this is on the front office. The the John Wall situation is 100% on the front office because they gave in to a guy like John Wall who there there shouldn't be an understanding of, well, you're not going to, you know, we both agree for you not to play. It's stupid. It it, it doesn't make any sense. You either pay the man, you either pay the man to play or he plays somewhere else. Exactly. One of the two. And it's like, right. And that's the thing is that, I think that the front office, my take on this situation, and you, you, you give me yours, I think that the front office went to John Wall and said, hey, I think, you know, we've got a trade market for you. We're, we have some feelers out. Go ahead and sit out. We're going to trade you within the next couple weeks. You're going to be playing for a contender. No problem at all. That trade fell through, or those trades fell through. And now John Wall is sitting there like, uh, what the hell's going on? You know, what are we doing here? Yeah. And the Rockets are, you know, now scrambling saying, oh, well, uh, you know, they don't, they don't have, they fumbled the situation. And you know what? Transparently, this is now not one superstar situation that this current regime is screwed up. And, you know, the first being the James Harden deal. The second being the John Wall situation that it's a young front office. They're going to make mistakes. The James Harden situation, I think, has the makings of catastrophic because they're betting on those draft picks working out with Brooklyn, which I don't know if that's a winning bet. The John Wall deal, I don't think it's catastrophic. It just doesn't look good. Like the yeah. optics of it aren't No, good. the optics are not great. And it, it doesn't look good now that they kind of flip-flop back. And I think that's more panic than anything in the last, like, since the winning streak and now, or since the losing streak. And since they've gotten one, two games, now they're like, oh, well, I think we don't necessarily need him anymore. And then we probably go on another five game skid. And then suddenly you hear this like drum up again. I, I just think, I think for me, and I think you, you and Jeremy talked about this ages ago, just, I, I want to be, and I agree with Jeremy in the point of, I really want to be rid of this contract. Like I want to be, I don't, every year I think whether it's, 
it was Chris Paul's contract, then it was Russell Wilson's, uh, Russell Westbrook's contract, and now John Wall's contract, where we have statistically the the most overpaid player in the league for what we're getting, right? And well, yeah. I'm just ready for that saga to be over in some form or fashion, and it's not going to be a buyout. He's likely just going to sit on that bench because no one's going to want to trade for him. Well, and I think I think part of the problem is, you know, per the report that came out, John Wall was unhappy about the playing time that he was going to be getting, you know, right around 20 minutes a game. Why the hell is that up to him? You know, like, what is this? What, what has this guy ever done in the league to deserve that sort of respect? Yeah, you know, he's, he's, I get it. He's like, look, these are pride, pride, you know, proud guys. And he's been a, he was a star at one point. He's not anymore, but he was. And well, you know what I mean? And he's but, like, to that team, he is one of the most talented players. And so, you know, in his eyes, you know, he's, he's playing, he's practicing with these guys and torturing, to, torching them in practice. And so to, in his eyes, he's well, probably like, I should my be point. playing. If I'm going to play, I should play starters minutes. And I understand okay, that but, to some extent, if they're going to pay him $47 million, play him or don't play. Well, and, that, and that's the thing, but okay. So congrats. You're a, you're a practice superstar, you know, like that, that does nothing for me. Your feelings don't matter to me in the world of professional sports. They matter more sure. now to the, to the general public view than they ever have before, but they shouldn't. The way a guy feels about a certain situation does nothing for me. The only thing that matters to me as a fan is the win-loss column. That's it. Mm. You know, like how in the world are the Rockets disrespecting John Wall by being honest with them saying, we want to go with our young guys. You're going to play 20 minutes and I get over it. Like grow up John Wall. And that's the thing. If you're a yeah. guy with if you're a guy with legitimate pelts on the wall, I, I'm more open to listening to your take on a situation. But you have no pelts on the wall, John Wall. You're a nice player, you know. You're you're uh, and it goes back to what I was talking about with the previous caller. It goes back to Carmelo Anthony. If you tell me the Rockets are drafting Carmelo Anthony with the first overall pick, that doesn't make me happy because Carmelo Anthony has done nothing of significance. In the league, there totally. is. you know, and so and the same with John Wall, the same with Russell Westbrook. Are those guys nice players? Yes. Do they change the direction of a franchise? Absolutely not. They they've been in the league long enough. If they did, they would have proved it by now. So, not playing John Wall or not you know listening to John Wall and having any sort of input on a current situation is the wrong move for the Rockets. Yeah. I mean, like, no. shut, your, shut your mouth and go play the game. You're going to yeah. play 10 minutes tonight. You're going to play 30 minutes tonight. Who cares? It's much better than him just you know? sitting on a bench and not doing much. So I agree. Either, right. he, plays right. or and, either he plays or he plays, gets paid to play a minute or, you know, 35 minutes, or he doesn't play at all for somebody or he plays for somebody else. And that's the thing is that they need him to be a soldier in the army. He's not, we don't need you to be a general in the army. And that's why as a fan, I appreciate guys like Garrison Matthews, like Jay Sean Tate, like Kevin Porter Jr. Like these guys just play the game. You know, they do whatever the coaching staff asks them to do. 
If you're Garrison Matthews, you were doing nothing three weeks ago. Now you're getting 38 minutes in a game, and you're a vi- – I would call Garrison Matthews a vital part of this rotation at this point. You need sure. a guy like Garrison Matthews, a guy who can shoot the three ball at a high level. Um, and the thing is, like, would I play John Wall at this point? I think you don't have a choice but to play John Wall at this point. And that's where leadership comes in with a guy like Silas and a guy like Tillman Fertitta. Honestly, the, the John Wall situation is on two guys in my eyes. It's on Tillman Fertitta and it's on John Wall. They've got to figure this thing out. Either trade him, buy him out, or play him. Those are the only three options. There's no therapy at this point for the situation in my eyes. I couldn't agree more. So... Uh, any last thoughts before we wrap the show up, Mike? Nah, man. Just hopefully we keep the streak going against OKC on Monday. Love it. Thanks for joining the show as always, Take my care. dude. Always. All right, brother. All right. So that will do it for tonight's episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shake the Dream Take podcast. Recapping tonight's very happy final. 146 to 143. The Rockets beat the Charlotte Hornets in overtime inside of Toyota Center. We will be back. Monday night with another episode of the Dream Take podcast. Uh, the Rockets play the Oklahoma City Thunder inside of Toyota Center Monday night at 7 o'clock. We will be back here on Spotify Green Room as soon as the game is over. Uh, make sure to follow uh, the Dream Shake on Twitter at Dream Shake SBN. You can follow the Dream Shake on Facebook as well. Um, at the dream shake, make sure to follow me on Twitter at BSW podcast underscore MB. You can follow my co-pilots, Jeremy Brenner at Jeremy Brenner and Raymond Lucas jr. At Raymond Lucas jr. On Twitter. Once again, your very happy final rockets, one forty six, one forty three over the Charlotte Hornets to win their second game in a row and their first winning streak of the season. My name is Mike Brown. It's been a pleasure being with you all here on Spotify Green Room. Until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.